Welcome to the After Dark Podcast with Anthony James and Conrad. This is an extra episode for your YouTube comments because Anthony James and Conrad could not stop rambling on. What a pair of schmucks. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Hello and welcome to the After Dark Podcast. I'm Anthony James and that's Conrad. Hello. That's him. Uh, we're never going to stop laughing at each other. We no, it'll it'll always be silly. It's all, it's always silly opening a podcast. Um, anyway, yeah. So it's been four or five days for you. It's been four or five minutes for us. Yeah, a peek behind the curtain. Yeah. Let us get into some questions. I, we've got quite a bit of questions today, actually, Conrad. Um, so people are getting into the swing of this second season. There was a bit of a lag last week. Um, haven't said that. Half an hour is a good good amount for question and answers video, I'm sure. Um, right, so let's get straight into it. Yeah, let's do it. A stranger from the outside. First question comes from Alex, and Alex says it's for me. <laughs> um, <laughs> season two first aired on the day of Michael's suicide. Ah, so I think last week we were trying to. I was, try- I was saying that I knew season two aired on a very particular day. Anyway, so it was apparently season two aired on Michael's suicide. And of course, now that you say that, I remember that now. Um, and the trailer for season, because it was 2019, and I can't remember the exact day, but that was it. And the trailer for season two dropped 33 days earlier, the 30, 32nd anniversary, sorry, 33rd anniversary of Chernobyl. That's, That's awesome. That's it. That is awesome, isn't it? Yeah, so, that is really cool. Yeah, and then Alex says, just to point that out, how could you not remember that? <laughs> so he, he just put in at the end, how could you not remember that? And then he put in brackets, to, that's just to make it a question. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> was it was it a um, a full international release then? Like it wasn't staggered, it just came out at the same out, time? It just came out on Netflix, yeah. Mm, okay, that's that's really cool that they put that much thought into that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, it's like everything in this show, there's so much thought in everything. And like that's... Over the years, I've done a lot of deep analysis on every show I've watched because that's just what I do. And this is the first show where I actually think it's not unfounded. <laughs> no, <laughs> not, I, I think not fully yeah, totally. unfounded anyway. No, like this is uh, the dark is the kind of show that definitely repays theory crafting and doing a deep dive into you know the meaning of of what's on the screen and what's in the scripts uh, in a way like as, as I kind of made a joke about it in the main episode, but you can do some sort of like like GCSE or like secondary school uh, and analysis of loads of things and be like, oh, I think the white paint on this wall means that this guy's a Christian or something. And, yeah, you know, yeah. the, the the author probably didn't mean that in the slightest. But yeah, with this, yeah. they totally did. Yeah, and let's be honest, I made a YouTube uh, career out of it. So, <laughs> well, I wouldn't call it a career yet, but but I've made a YouTube channel out of uh, that that, uh, that that type of analysis um, yeah. of this show. But, uh, yeah, it might be... I just, you know, it's all good. It's all good. But thanks, uh, Alex. Thanks for pointing that out. You are right. I should have remembered that. Uh, shame on me. Okay, this comes from Brent, who is also goes by the the middleman. Check check Brent out. He's covering a load. Brent is churning videos out like no one's business, um, and he's he's edit, editing them all with video and picture and stuff. So it takes a long time. Give him some love. Go to the middleman. Anyway, so does Conrad think anyone else we know could be in Sigmundus? Mm. So we know think, who, who do we know that's in it? We know Adam's in it. The guy yeah. you think is Bartosz is in it. Yeah. Uh, we know that uh, Noah is in, Noah. is in is in the picture. So what do you think? I feel like there there must be other people that we know. So basically, I think what well, I think what they're asking is who else is going to get involved in time travel? Really, aren't they? 
I'm interested to see who that woman is who comes and gets Adam in episode one. Um, Because the fact she had lines to me implies that she's at least relatively important to the plot. Um, Even if they're, you know, they were fairly kind of rudimentary lines. Um, Is anyone else... I think it. I think for the time being, it'll probably just be that woman who I don't know who that could be though, because we're at the moment where we stand at the moment. We're kind of running out of characters who we wouldn't immediately recognise if we saw yeah. them in a different timeline. Because they've kind of. I'm trying to think who we haven't seen a version of. I I got the impression the uh, the police officer um, in the fifties who is is it. Enos's dad, who was like the real piece of work police da- officer. Daniel Daniel Carnvald, yeah. Daniel Carnvald. I don't know if he's going to be a major character, but the way he behaved in terms of, you know, beating up a prisoner, I, I could definitely see him being involved in it, just because he seems like a not very nice person. Um, is there anyone else? Mm, no, I'm just... I'll, I'll say Daniel Carnvald for the time being and yeah. leave it at that, but I'm sure there will be others. Yeah, awesome. Uh, okay, so then Brent asks another one. We see Marta's gravestone. How and when do you think she'll die? Or do you think she's actually dead or just presumed dead? I, I don't think she's dead. I, I think she's presumed dead. Um, I, f- I feel like she's an important character. I don't really know why, but that she's had so much dialogue and so and much big attention. big monologue paid. as well. Yeah, bit and big monologues that I feel like for her to just die in the apocalypse would be a bit anticlimactic. So I certainly think that people believe she's dead, but I think she I think she will travel through time. Obviously in my mind she will become Agnes Nielsen. Um but even if she doesn't and that ends up being wrong, I still think she's gonna she's gonna time travel to avoid the apocalypse. Awesome. Um I will also say about about Marta before we move on to the next question. Um someone commented, I don't know if actually it's gonna be in these comments that I'm reading uh, or it was just a normal comment on the video, but someone said, "Like, why don't you talk about Marta uh, or at, at all?" Um, obviously, that might, that just probably means the last few episodes we haven't. But because the last few episodes she hasn't really been in it, but we have we've talked about Marta a lot on the podcast so far. I would I would think. Oh yeah, I mean, I think and there, there was that stretch of episodes. Was it like five, six, seven, where they had she mm-hmm. had like two of those big. Uh, um, Oh, I've forgotten the name. Per- it's not Perseus because someone corrected us. Theseus. Theseus, yeah. Theseus and the Minotaur play that they were doing. Um, and she got the big monologues and she was a, you know, a major player in those episodes and I'm sure she's going to come back in a major way. It's just yeah. a question of a question of when, really. Yeah, exactly. And I think in terms of questioning which characters we're talking about, we just talk about the characters that are in the episode we're reviewing at the time. So that's, that's yeah. just how it goes. And I'm pretty sure that Conrad has been mentioning that he thinks that she's Agnes for the last few episodes as well. So. <laughs> yeah, I have nailed my nailed my colours to the mast on that theory. Yeah, definitely. Uh, okay, so Brent asks another one. Do you think that there is any significance uh, to the name... <laughs> yeah, this is interesting. To the name Hannah being spelled the same backwards <laughs> and forwards? <laughs> <laughs> that's a great question uh i'm gonna say no and brent is being very cruel in, try- in trying to in trying to trip me up there but if 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 it does turn out that hannah is like much like ellie her own grandmother or something like that i will be thrilled by the fact that her name is a palindrome yeah yeah exactly that's great uh okay and then uh, one for me um, how difficult is it to bite your tongue when Conrad is onto something? Oh, what am I onto? That's the question. 
Yeah. Well, you've already been on to some stuff that we, you know, is right. You know. That's true. Yeah. Um. So, the answer to that is it's actually not that difficult. Um. I know it might. It was difficult in the first few episodes. I will say that. But you know, actually, I don't even know if it was. Uh, I've shown this show to a lot of people. <laughs> you know, I've 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 watched this show with three or four of my friends and family. Uh, or even, and even if I haven't, and there's even more people who have watched the show on my recommendation, who have uh, who have um, actually uh, been telling me as they're watching it how, what they think at the end of each episode, or like sort of at the end of the season, I say, "Oh, I really like this," and I'll talk to them about it. So I'm very used to not giving spoilers out. Um, very, very used to that. So no, it isn't difficult to bite my tongue at all. Um, you would think you would think it'd be very very hard. I don't know why. I don't know why it's not hard for me. Um, I think got a I well practice poker face. Yeah, and you know, and I think I think it would be if 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 Conrad and I start doing uh, sort of, I don't know if we'll ever do like an actual video with the podcast. We but might do the video uh, section for the Q and A. That might be fun. But uh, in terms of the, the the video, if we had video, it would be harder to hide hide my looks. I think because I do smile sometimes when he says certain things that hit hit on certain themes um, to myself because I am enjoying it. But the thing is, guys, I I enjoy people's journey through a show. You know the feeling you get when you're sitting with someone that you, that, that you really you know one of your best friends or one of, one of your one of your loved ones. You're sitting there watching a show with them or a film with them, and you're just enjoying sharing it with them. I I love that feeling, and to be honest with you. I love that feeling even more than than wanting Conrad just to know everything right now. So it's actually pretty easy to me, to be honest with you. Yeah, and we don't do too much. I mean, like when I when I can barely contain myself, I'll sometimes send you a message and be like, "Oh my god, I've got things to discuss." But I think that's pretty much all we like. We we, we come into the shows pretty blind. Yeah, of what in we're fact, talk actually, about. this week in episode fifteen, Conrad and I didn't actually swap a a, a message about the show whatsoever until about 7 p.m we record at 8 30 and i said putting the kids to bed beyond at 8 30 that was all we talked about before we did this episode so we do go into it blind so yeah it is it is it is on a live mic when i have to uh react to it and i'm and I, so far i've just been good uh you know what maybe maybe it's because there's certain times whenever whenever i'm teaching i keep going back to being a teacher but you know my, my job is a big part of me but uh maybe when, I, when i'm at school and like someone does something and i want to f and blind you know so <laughs> but i can't but i can't do it in school so i'm very good at biting my tongue then you know what i mean yeah yeah you're well practiced in keeping a straight face and not letting your emotions show yeah, I, I have to have a lot of patience for my job, especially like my the school I teach in is uh, is not like a, a grammar school. If for anyone from the UK, it's 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 a, it's a school that anyone of any ability can go to. So therefore, you have a, very, a wide variety of uh, abilities. So there's certain t- certainly times that you want to smack your head against the wall, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but 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 I have to have a poker face, and um, yeah, that's probably why. Anyway, thanks for the questions. Uh, okay, so Marvin. I do trust you, Marvin. I do trust you. Uh, <laughs> Marvin says, for Conrad, uh, what? why do you think uh, Ali um, hanged Jonas, uh, but then uh, let him go? Uh, does she maybe know that he has to live, or does she have some other history with him? Now, you've got a theory about mm. that already. You want to reiterate yeah. that for a very got a, a big old theory about this one. So, uh, yeah, I think Jonas... Um, had a brief love affair with Ellie in the sort of post-apocalypse um, world. So I, I think I wonder what they're going to do in terms of the actors. 
Um, maybe they won't show it because the where, where my mind is at the moment is that the young Ellie is such a good actor that I'd be really sad if they did like a five years in the future kind of thing and got a different actor yeah. to play her at an age where, you know, she'd be sexually mature and able to have, you know, children with, with Jonas. Um, so I wonder if they'll just tell us that it happened, but yeah. So, so for those who don't remember from the main episode, I think that Jonas will not get back to his correct timeline until after the apocalypse. I think he's going to get back in episode eight of this season. And I think he's then going to spend some time in that post-apocalyptic landscape. He's going to grow close to Ellie. Uh, he will have children with her, um, one of which will be Charlotte and one of the other, the other one of which will be the uh, brown-haired girl with the scar. So she'll have twin girls. Uh, he'll take Charlotte back to, I guess, the 80s with himself when he is able to time travel again and leave Ellie behind but Ellie will then run into him again in 33 odd years uh, when he's sort of at an earlier point in his journey and will forgive him for his transgressions because of that relationship they've had. Hmm. Yeah. So that, could, that could really come tumbling down that theory. There's, <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of moving parts in that theory. Here's a, here's a little deconstructive question for that theory, right? Yeah. Does that mean that Stranger Eunice can speak sign language? Mm. That's a good question. Yeah, he must be able to. Or maybe they just they communicated through the language of love. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe she's just still the mastermind who does who's not actually. Oh deaf yeah, I mean mute. she yeah, she's not deaf mute. She heard all the <laughs> vulgar stuff that Magnus was saying in that yeah. conversation with Francisca. I'm certain of that. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Awesome. Okay. Uh, question from KT. Uh, no question. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, KT says, no question, but something funny to share with you both. Oh, this is the ATM uh, joke. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry. I, I, I would have kept it for now if I had realized. But KT, in the original, in the main episode, I mentioned this, but I'll say it again because it is hilarious. She, uh, she says, I watched these dark reactors, um, they said on the scene when Magnus quickly speeds away from the Benny encounter, he's running to the ATM to get cash. <laughs> I mean, that is that is no matter what way you slice it, a great joke. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, top quality stuff, and I wish I'd thought of it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I wish I had thought of it. Uh, okay, so Adahan has a few questions. Adahan says that um, uh, he actually responded to the Q and A section for two season two episode one, but he's not sure that he made the ballot. Um, I can't remember out of hand uh, off the top of my head. I think I I can't wait. Well, actually, you have. I we actually haven't released that episode yet. So if we did answer all these questions, <laughs> I yeah. can't remember. So let's do it again. Yeah, <laughs> you may you may find yourself popping up two weeks in a row. Yeah, yeah. So maybe I'm gonna do it twice, but we'll we'll, we'll give it a go, right? So I probably should have done a bit of research into this. Okay. <laughs> so uh, for Conrad. What are your thoughts on the girl from the future and her relationship with Elizabeth? I so I I'm almost certain, so this is part of that theory as well was that yeah, yeah, I, I was kind of constructing this and I was like that fit that girl feels like Ellie is her mum just because of the way they're acting with each other she's like kind of she follows her instructions she's about the right age where she would have been born when that woman when when Ellie was in her maybe like twenties or or or, or yeah, probably late twenties or to early twenties. Um, so yeah, she feels like um, she feels like Ellie's daughter to me. Um, and then the fact that she's kind of 
she seems like she's almost infatuated with Jonas without it ever being explained why, which is where I got the theory from, well, partially where I formed the theory from that, that Jonas is her dad. Um, so yeah, that's, that's where I think, um, where I think she sits. I'll be really interested to see if we, well, if we see any more of her kind of growth to the, where she is now, because she's, I'm trying to think if we've seen a single other character who's around about her age. I don't think we have. So she's probably the first character that we've seen who's like grown up as a child in this post-apocalyptic environment, which is probably a fairly harrowing upbringing. Yeah, definitely. Um, interesting. Uh, yeah, so the next question from Atahan is, why do you think uh, we see Elizabeth in 2053 and not any of the other characters we would expect to? Like, uh, So we, we, we definitely saw a lot of uh, graves, so a lot of people are dead, mm. um, but some people we didn't see graves for, so... Why do you think that? We couldn't find the bodies, or what do you think? Mm. Yeah, I think... So I'm just trying to think, remind myself who we saw the graves for. So we saw Agnes and... Uh, sorry, not Agnes. We saw um, <laughs> Alexander... Agnes. We saw Alexander and Marta and Regina uh, and the police officer lady whose name I can't remember. Yena? Just, Justine, Justina. I Justina, don't yeah. think we saw Regina. Oh, did we not see? Oh Regina's? no, we might have. Sorry, we might have seen Regina. I, c- I can't fully remember. I think we did actually. I think we might have. Yeah, I, I definitely remember Alexander, Justina, and Marta. Torben. At Torben. Yeah, that's the other one. So, I feel I feel like if there were other graves to show, they would have shown us in that scene. Okay. Uh, so the fact we haven't seen the likes of Peter or Charlotte or Katerina um, or Magnus or Francisca to me implies they're they're probably not dead we've also had that scene in episode one where noah is doing the voiceover of francisca and magnus getting up to something which seems completely unrelated to the noah plot line so i wonder if they're going to get roped into the time travel stuff somehow um Mm -hmm. but yeah so I i think if we haven't seen their grave they're probably still alive yeah or it might be that they're they're just not buried at the church yeah i guess that's true they're they're, you know there's this Maybe they died in a different circumstance. Which, <laughs> the word yeah. the word apocalypse implies that there's some fairly high level destruction going on, so there may not be anything to bury as well. Um, yeah, exactly. And we've already had one grave in this uh, show, like Mad's grave, where there was no body in it. So I don't know if they would do that twice. But um, yeah. okay, cool. So uh, further on the last one, uh, how do you think Elizabeth survived the apocalypse? Um, I think she's going to have to have live through it in the bunker i think that the bunker is like key to so much of what's gone on in the story so far um that i think it would be quite appropriate if that's where the the surviving characters are going to congregate in order to to live through it so i i think she's going to be in there maybe i'm trying to think who else might be i wonder if all of the um all of the uh, Dopplers will be in there actually, and that would explain why we didn't see the Sh- Charlotte or Peter's graves as well, um, given it's their given it's their bunker after all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which would imply that uh, Francisca's in there too. So maybe yes. Magnus, Magnus is with Francisca, maybe. Yeah, yeah, totally. Actually, that could, that, yeah, that would make a lot of sense if if Magnus and um, Francisca and the, and and the rest of the Dopplers are in there, and then Katerina's just hanging out in the caves, probably. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, she might. Actually, yeah, that's a good point. Maybe even in the caves during the apocalypse would, would also save you. Um, yeah. Okay, so a uh, couple for me now. 
I've recently been doing something like this with my friend, which we watched. We watched Dark together. Thanks for the idea. No problem. Uh, I didn't invent watching TV shows with your friends. Uh, what a minute! You, you didn't? No, I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I, I like to claim that one, but uh, and he's been lying to me, listeners. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we've just finished season two, but right after we watched the first, uh, the episode, this episode two one, he said that it was his favorite one yet. That's just like you. Except for, I think you said it was similar to episode five of the first season too. Yeah, it's, it's definitely up there though for me. Yeah. So um, he's, they said I was quite surprised if I'm being honest, but I just thought I'd throw it in here to see what you guys thought of that. Yeah. So we we thought that was a, like the first episode of season two is an amazing episode, and like I think Conrad alluded to it last week. It's like in the first season it took us like eight episodes to get a plot, and then in the first episode of this uh, of this season we're like plot 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 plot. There's like five plots going on, and then we yeah. even have more plots in season in episode two. Like we have mm. like now Claudia has a plot in episode two. Like everyone's getting plots. It's great. Yeah, there's there's so much going on. Um... And it's just, yeah, it's it's basically in season. Two, I think partially the reason I love two two one so much, or season two episode one so much, is because I had a couple of weeks away, so it was really nice to come back into it and just be like, boom, here we go, we're we're, we're straight back in, no messing around, like there's no fat on any of this, which is what I expect from Dark. But it's like you take this really really lean well-delivered screenplay and then you expand it out to deal with even more plots and even more spinning plates and it still manages to nail all of them um it's Mm -hmm. yeah it's just uh, it's super impressive and it continues to be super impressive in this episode as well to be honest yeah and then adahan has two more questions just very quickly uh one for you conrad um just very quickly is there any thematic or stylistic reason you think that uh they didn't actually show until this point uh in 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 the show uh egon and claudia together even though they are mother and oh sorry daughter and father um i think it, it kind of compounds their relationship or the lack thereof really i mean claudia is an absentee character for both her daughter and her father because she's such a driven woman and i think that's going to play out in her involvement in the time travel storyline as well you know she very much seems like a character who is off doing her own thing and has to rely upon herself. She has to be totally self-sufficient and can't really think about other people, which is, you know, how she ends up manipulating Jonas, presumably. Um, and that's that's the case in her family life as well. I, th- I think it, the fact that the first time we see her interact with her father is her brushing him off when he's at the end of his life, at his lowest ebb, clearly in need of some kind of purpose um just makes just makes it all the more heartbreaking for egon i think yeah i think you're exactly right i think that just it makes sense the, the like the fact that we haven't seen them together in season one once you find out what their relationships actually like it just makes complete sense to me yeah um okay so then one for me last question uh when i watched this with my friend he was astounded at how great the casting of older Ulrich was see conrad uh conrad actually first time he watched it if you didn't listen to episode 15 conrad wasn't sold on this casting the first time he saw it um but he did it did grow on him the second time yeah he looked a bit weird i thought the first time it was just uh, yeah he he looked like he he had a bit of um oh i've completely forgotten his mum's name now she hasn't been in it for a while um yana Yana, that's it. Yeah, like he he had a bit of a Yana about him. Where as 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 he aged, he he looked like he got really into tanning beds, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, which threw me off. Um, but yeah, the eyes and the chin are definitely good. I'll say that much for Ulrich. 
Yeah, and you, you need a f- you need a few features for it to really really work. I think. Yeah, definitely. Okay, uh, and they said the first time they watched it, I assumed the same actor, but it was aged up, just like Chris Evans in Endgame. Yeah, told you that. See, uh, I'm <laughs> going to, on a bit of a tangent now, but basically my question is, how is it even possible that these actors look that similar? Well, as we've discussed, Connor doesn't think they do, but uh, <laughs> uh, I, 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 I personally do, and I think that if you look at the act, like I said, we'll talk about a different example because Conrad might not buy fully into this question, but. Will what about the actors who play um, Jonas and Stranger Jonas? In my opinion, they are, and also the Noah actors. Yeah, Noah's Noah's a phenomenal one. Yeah, like the, the the thumbnail I used last week is just shows you it's unbelievable. The split down the middle, uh, they just look so much alike. So th- I, I think we both agree here, even though we're not maybe full, in full agreement about the old Auroric uh, casting, and I'm sure it'll grow. I'm sure it'll grow on Conrad, and he'll notice different things as he goes. Because in my opinion, it is such a good bit of casting. But overall, we can both agree the casting of this show is, as uh, Atahan puts it, voodoo magic. Yeah, I think. I mean, it's it's. I think it's partially testimony to obviously the team that does the casting, but also you know you can do a lot with makeup. Um, and I and uh, you know giving someone the right hairstyle um, and uh, you know kind of ma- like uh, giving their face the same kind of shaping and like mm-hmm. contouring that that the younger self has can make a big difference in that. But it it is it's it's not impossible to do, but it's one of those things that requires a lot of work and you can there's no getting around it. At some point, someone needs to spend the time going through probably hundreds of interview uh, auditions, rather, to find the people who look right for it. And it's you know it, it, the the fact that they're they've been given the the freedom to go off and do that work is is awesome, and you can see the results in the show. Yeah, exactly. And that's and that amount of time and effort they have to put into it is the reason why most shows don't have this good casting in terms of the lookalikes. Yeah, because totally. Because they just don't have the budget and don't have the time for it. But uh, it's something that Baron Boder and Yotch Freeze obviously really wanted, and they put the time and the money into it, which is, it's great. Yeah. Um, so Jamie Jett asks, what does Conrad think that the main character slash plot arcs for this season will be? Where does he see Jonas's character at the end of the season, for example? So I think Jonas is... I actually, to be honest, I thought his big... Uh, uh, for those who listened at the end of last season, I thought most of his plot was going to be in the future and it was going to be about him trying to get back to 2020. Um, and obviously he's just walked through a portal at the end of this episode. So I guess Jonas isn't going back to the 2050s for a while. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I think we've got, in my mind, you've got kind of, I mean, there's a lot of them. It's hard to pick out with the ones that I think are really the main plots. I guess Jonas's odyssey to try and get back home is the big mm-hmm. one. Uh, I don't think he's the portal is going to take him back there. I think he's going back to either the 50s or the 20s and we'll be stuck there for a little while and we'll get back to 2020 at the end of the season but not in time to do anything but watch the apocalypse happen or, or see the fallout of the, the apocalypse. Um, and I think the other one is Noah trying to get the pages back um for for the book that that he and adam need to enact their plan um obviously there's you know the charlotte klaus and stuff and the Ulrich egon stuff but i think that's probably more sort of character based than than sort of broad plot sweeps mm-hmm. yeah awesome um yeah i was just talking about what could happen at the end of this series i cannot wait to get there um mm. okay awesome so then uh adam's adam asks Indulging in Conrad's theory about Regina's sword fight. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Who does he think it will be against? Where will it take place and why? And just for the laughs, what, just as as if the rest wasn't for laughs, 
What type of sword do you think she would use? That's got to be a rapier. Or like something that <laughs> so, something that you can pull off a wall because like she's a fencer, so she needs a lightweight sword, like a, a foil or something. Um, I I'll tell you that the idea that I just had in my head um, was was that she would sword fight older older Bartos, so so she'd sword <laughs> fight her own son, which would be very poetic. So um, <laughs> yeah, so that's why Regina's grave's not there because she's going to go back to the twenties. And uh, but before I don't even know how this would work because if that guy is older Bartos as I think he is, he's now dead. So so I don't know how she would get back in time to have a sword fight with him. But um, maybe maybe actually let me indulge in this a bit. Maybe maybe she goes back in time, fi- finds out that this person who potentially is her son is killed, and then she takes up a sword against young Noah, young Noah, and that's how Regina dies. <laughs> yeah that could be it that would be yeah that she she kind of becomes like the inigo montoya uh for those who've seen the princess bride uh star character who's like you killed my son my name is regina tiedemann uh not tiedemann no it is tiedemann isn't it yeah uh prepare to die and then she goes (laughs) and then she goes off and jewels noah and um and yeah like gets gets her ass handed to her but she goes out swinging so Yeah. yeah regina v noah it's the mountain versus the red viper of of dark, and I can't wait for it. <laughs> I love I love that idea because <laughs> because we know that Claudia is saying that like if everything goes the way it should be, like Regina will live. Yeah. <laughs> and we we think she's talking about the cancer, but yeah, actually yeah, she's yeah, talking exactly. about actually she's talking about her going off to the twenties to sword fight Noah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I find so funny about it. You know, if, if we do everything right, she will strike the winning blow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because what? Yeah, the mistake that Claudia made at the end of the timeline was she like teleports in just as Regina's about to win, and Regina turns around, and then yeah. she gets and then she gets like jumped by Noah, and uh, and Claudia needs to make sure that she doesn't make that mistake, and Regina <laughs> is actually the hero that saves the day. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. <laughs> You've predicted it. Sorry, guys. Um, I didn't mean to get it so early, but we rumbled it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, Aries or Aries, uh, what does Conrad think about uh, who the heck Adam is? Now, also, we already answered this one. Um, I we can think go to I- it again. Yeah, well, no, we will. We definitely will. Because, you know, we're, although he has his theories, he's, he never settles fully on the theory. We can discuss around that point. But um, I'm sure that uh, Aries left his comment before he listened to the episode. Because uh, I think we were we did talk in, in episode fourteen about that, but we'll get back into it. Uh, and why? Uh, oh yeah, this is interesting as well. And why Noah got his name from Adam? Um, and further, furthermore, uh, what's the real name of Noah then? That is a that is a good question. Because we've already really seen younger Noah, so it's not like someone can grow into Noah. You know what I mean? Hmm. Yeah. So the the fact that they threw out that and to be honest i hadn't really thought about it until until you mentioned it again this episode but it's it's an interesting point the fact that they they make a point of saying oh this guy's name didn't used to be noah to me means it must be someone who whose name has come up at times and i can't re- but i can't really think of anyone whose name has come up that we haven't seen um who this could be yeah, it's like I'm drawing a blank on on who Noah could actually be, um, but uh, but yeah. So I mean, the the one bit of my, this theory that I've 
kind of settled on in my head is that Adam is also Jonas after, at the end of his life, you know, once he's become sort of twisted by repeated failures to save the people he loves or or something along those lines. Mm -hmm. Um, The significance of the Noah name obviously being that, you know, Noah is saving people, I guess, by by like you know taking them through this this cataclysmic event i would guess that's the that's the significance of him being called noah but yeah i don't know who noah would actually be or what his name was before mm-hmm. Interesting. yeah i have to come back to that i don't i haven't got any theories about that at the moment but i'm sure as basically as soon as i hear a male character's name mentioned who we haven't actually met yet my mind is going to be going well that's got to be noah then Mm, interesting uh yeah okay um i mean yeah okay i'm not gonna say anything uh, <laughs> as as brent said in the comments i'm now looking at the walls <laughs> okay um so uh bill asks i like we're just getting some meme questions at this point i'm loving it nice uh, excellent so more dragon bill, ball z questions yeah so bill actually asks, what do the future folk have against elvis yeah, I, I I feel like that. It, it, there's actually this is this is a really weird and total non sequitur. But the first time I watched through this episode, I got to the end of it and I was convinced that someone was wearing an Elvis Presley T-shirt at some point, and that Elvis was mentioned another time in the episode apart from the song. And I went back through for a fine tooth comb, and I must have just imagined both of those because I couldn't find it anywhere. <laughs> but crazy. I was like, I was ready to, I was ready to get into this big El- Elvis theory as a result of this, but it turns out that it was wrong. Um, but uh, I mean, the better question is, who in 2020 has just an Elvis CD on hand? Like, what's going on? Like, no one has CDs anymore, guys. I know. Yep. Uh, Maybe Jonas brought it with him. He's a big fan of the King. It looked like a little, yeah. It looked, it looked like a little uh, record player. I, you know, it, like the way it was open and all. Um, it was just interesting. Uh, the it's idea like a Sony li- Discman, I think. Yeah, and and you even knew which little part of the circuit board to click. Yeah. Um, Okay, so uh, cool. So I don't know if they actually have something against Elvis. You know, maybe <laughs> maybe they do. They're, like you know, it's it's like a, it's like a wasp to honey. Those future folk to Elvis. They, they, maybe it's the opposite. They love it. Um, so uh, Aura Boris says now. Okay, this is the beginning. What I, I alluded to these these comments slash questions in the uh, the main episode about the Francisca Magnus uh, scene. Hmm. So let's we're gonna get into this now, right? Okay, okay. so. The, the the price list uh, scene between uh, Magnus and Francisca in this episode is by far the worst scene in the whole show for me. Uh, for multiple reasons, but most importantly, for failing to hit the tone of the rest of Dark. It feels like it belongs in a terrible soap opera. Yes, teenagers can be stupid, but I feel it's that, that that's not nearly a, a good enough reason to have a scene happen amongst all of the other important dramatic plot lines. This scene haunts me to the point that I want to ask you both the, que- both the question. Can you please help me to like this scene more <laughs> by coming up with a reason for it to be as it is? Feel free to leave this question out if you think you, it can't be done, Anthony. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> it can be done. That's right? the sound of a gauntlet being thrown, if ever I've heard it. Now, let's continue this saga, right? Because Beatrice, and I, if I remember correctly, Beatrice is from Brazil. Uh, she, she's popped in, and she wants to have a little chat about it. Uh, she says, uh, not a question for the podcast. I just have to answer Ouroboros's question, uh, comment. You know what, Beatrice? You don't. In those comments, I could choose anything, so I'm going to read this as well. <laughs> so Beatrice says... 100% agree with you. 
But really, what is the point of Magnus and Francisca? They are so useless. Oh. <laughs> they don't. They don't do anything for the. Po- I I love the passion in these two in these two commenters because yeah. I just love I just love the passion. Passion for Dark in any respect is great. Uh, they don't do anything for the plot and are the only characters with zero relevance. Uh, I made my dad watch this show with me, and I skipped uh, all the sex scenes. <laughs> Good, good thing, good thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, watching sex scenes would be bad. It's never fun. Uh, and and said, um, and my dad only knew who Magnus was because of uh, because uh, of the Nielsen family drama scenes. I just feel like they could have got uh, cut out both characters and saved a lot of the cringe. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> uh, they then go. Uh, Beatrice then goes on to ask me right this question. So it all it's all based on leading up to this question. I know you really like Magnus, but I need an explanation as to why. <laughs> I find both him and Francisca to be a waste of screen time. Why are we watching their cringe, unimportant fight when we have storylines like Claudia and Claudia, Jonas in the future, etc.? Please explain to us what you see in Magnus Anthony. Right. Go on. Yeah, I, I yield the floor to you first uh, off. He's cool. No, that's right. <laughs> I like his hair. Yeah, um, I, I like his hair too. Uh, so basically, this is my idea on on the characters of uh, Magnus and Francisca. And I just do I do want to say, right before I get into this, these commenters are alluding to the fact that these characters have no relevance to the main plot. Um, I'm going to point you all to the rest of the show, and they actually do have relevance to the main plot. You know, so I'll just say that I'm not going to say anything more because it might spoil Conrad, but. What show are you watching? They do, it's like, you know, they don't just puff into, the, into thin air. Like, they, they, they stay around. We'll, we'll say that, right? Anyway, um, why do I like Magnus so much? And why do I think this scene is relevant? For one thing, we don't know when we are watching this show what is going to be uh, important moving forward, right? One of the best parts of Dark, in my opinion, and Conrad and I have talked about this before, one of the best parts of Dark is the character work. Okay, mm-hmm. so maybe that you found this scene to be a little bit cringe, like there were teenagers yelling at each other. I personally didn't feel that at all. I I felt this was a culmination of the anxieties of both throughout the first couple of seasons. This is, if you will, an ex- a, a, a perfect sh- uh, perfect shot of showing us how this time travel and people going missing is affecting the lives of everyone in the town of Winden. It's affecting. Francisca, because she is her dad and mom are just going and trying to solve this time travel crime now. So she's got no parental uh, supervision. She's taking care of her sister at home. That's stressing her out. Magnus's uh, dad and brother have gone missing. He's stressed out. He's trying to protect Francisca. He thinks she's into something horrible. He wants to help her. It's all relevant to the storyline, in my opinion. Uh, I like that we take moments with these, these characters for a bit of character work. Um, so that's why I like the scene. I also enjoyed the acting in the scene. I thought it wasn't cringy to me. Maybe you did. That's fine. That's a taste thing. But I, I enjoyed it. Um, I think we needed it as well. I think like if you show Magnus uh, like early in the, in the first season, before all this time travel stuff was really developed, it made a lot... Obviously, 
it made sense to everyone why we were seeing the Magnus and Francisca, him following her around and their relationship, because everything was just character work at that point. Not There was hardly anyone involved in time travel. So because that was just character work, it made a lot more sense to have the character work between these two characters. Now that we're ramping up in terms of the time travel and everything and everything, everyone's going crazy, everyone's going everywhere, it now seems that these character scenes might be a bit boring to you. However, they've been an integral part of the show since the beginning. And in my opinion, this big blow-up scene needed to happen. Otherwise, it would have just been like, at the end of season one, they were like, what do we do with Magnus and Francisca? Ah, we'll just throw them in the bin. Who cares? We needed this sort of moment where they they come to fruition in that storyline and Magnus's yeah. anxieties uh, are come to fruition. Um, and last, before before I hand to Conrad for, to, to, to go through, um, I'm just going to address the question of why I like Magnus so much. I like Magnus because the whole point of this show and I'm sure Conrad has pointed it out, uh, he's figured it out so far, he's even mentioned it himself, is the idea of cycles, okay? So it's the idea of cycles happening and, uh, and being a, maybe trying to break a cycle, like, you know, ca- can you stop this crazy, like, strange Uranus even now, after 33 years of trying, is still trying to stop uh, everything from happening. He wants to basically uh, save his dad or whatever he wants to do. He's trying to stop this, he wants to break the cycle, stop the cycle. Magnus is a perfect illustration of what it means in the real world to break a cycle. Look at Tronta, look at Ulrich, look at Magnus. Mm. Magnus, in my opinion, has broken the cycle of these nutcase, cheating men who yeah. like, you know, I think Magnus shows that he, you, you are able to break the, uh, the, the cycle of, I don't know what, I don't want to say an abuser because I don't know if Ulrich's an abuser, but definitely he's a he's a he's a reckless man who who you know he's a cheater and all sort of thing and i think that magnus is a pure person who does care about people and i think he shows us he breaks the cycle of of this rotten behavior from his uh previous males in his family what do you think conrad yeah i i think i think you pretty much nailed it to be honest i, I mean obviously i can't i i have to come at it from the perspective of somebody who's only seen the first 12 episodes but i totally get why in the midst of everything that is happening because season two to be fair is really you know it starts off at a a pace it's it's like off to the races here are all these plot lines and then i could get why it's jarring to suddenly have this kind of character drama between two teenagers that probably won't be relevant to to the 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 general or the, the sort of overarching plots but i think magnus and um, Magnus and Francisco, I said Magnus and Katarina then, which would have been a whole other kettle of fish. Um, <laughs> Magnus and Francisca, they're similar, I, I think, to Regina and Alexander in the 80s, where you have these relationships kind of writ small. So the, the show is about how secrets, or well, it's not just about this, but it's about how secrets redefine the relationships we have with people and how these these things that 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 we're not aware of can completely change how we feel about the people we trust and feel close to and obviously you know that that works on the level of like Jonas's character when he's finding out that Marta's his aunt mm-hmm. um potentially other revelations but it also works on the smaller level with these these little secrets that Francisca is keeping keeping from Magnus and it's it's the same theme at work it's just shown in a slightly more mundane way but I I really like that the show remains kind of committed to that theme regardless of whether it's depicting time travel or just depicting a couple that maybe aren't completely honest with each other about things um Mm -hmm. 
and I think it's really smart how they how they you know go from one to the other without without it feeling out of place. Um, yeah, and personally, I, I I didn't find the acting that cringe. I was I actually found the the scene where Magnus walks in on Benny and then just freaks out and runs away uh, quite funny to be honest. Yeah. Like it's a it was you know it felt like quite a believable response. Um, I think Francisca is a really well acted character. I think they both are actually. Uh, I I like them both as characters. And it's it's yeah it's just nice character drama really I I think it's it's easy to want everything to be kind of ambulating the the big plot forward, mm-hmm. um, but sometimes it's nice to sort of you know sit and smell the roses for a bit and see what's actually going on in Vinden um, while while all this crazy time travel stuff is happening. Exactly, and like you know, are we really going to sit here and say that we would have preferred Breaking Bad if all the Skylar at, at her her job storyline didn't happen? No, I enjoyed that too. So, you know, so there's always going to be plot, uh, subplots and plot lines that aren't involved in the main plot, uh, well, not directly anyway, uh, that you that you have. And you know what? I, I really enjoyed it. Um, so, okay, so that was basically that. I think <laughs> we've got a few more questions to do. Um, but I had a point there that I that I wanted to mention there about that as well, but I can't quite remember it. Um, Magnus is the only one who's told off Bartos uh, thus far in the series as well, because Bartos I can't remember what he does. Does he hit Does he hit Mikkel on the back of the head when they meet up in the first yes. episode? And Magnus so is like, only I, I get that. to do that. She's like, yeah, go go on, Magnus. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. Um, immediately put him on my, put uh, me on uh, Team Magnus as well. Yeah, like I don't understand how you don't like Magnus. Like you know, maybe maybe you don't like him because he was suspicious that Francisca was a prostitute. But at the same time, she was she she. It, it, it seemed you know, it wasn't it wasn't she baseless. Yeah, she <laughs> like it was possible. Like there was evidence to suggest that it might have been the case. Yeah, I don't know if I would have stormed in and like accused her of it. But... Yeah, like you maybe be a little bit more tactful about it next time. You know, but you live and you learn. You know, you live and you learn. Yeah, that's uh, true, yeah. Aren't we all Magnus a little bit, you know? <laughs> yeah, after all, he is the Magnus Opus. But I will say as well, um, actually, this is what I was going to say I remembered. If you don't like Magnus, just do yourself a favor. Look up the actor. The actor's a musician as well. And if, if you if you listen to his music um, and you see him in, his, in real life, more ch- you've got a lot more chance of liking him because I think he's a really likable guy as well. Um, so check that out. Um, I'm going to say to you, Conrad, don't check out the actor who plays Magnus's music till after you've seen it all, because I think on his social medias and stuff, he. he I I, he, I keep yeah I keep coming across stuff like this where I, I want to like IMDb someone to mm-hmm. to see um, like what they've done and then I have to be like I can't do this because IMDb is going to spoil me on who's who and and what's going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, okay, cool. Um, so Haru asks for Conrad. Since you guys mentioned the amount of effort the creators put into small details that foreshadowed many events in the series, which details do you think may be just red herrings uh, and put there for us to fixate on um, when there is really nothing to them? Mm, I, I'm becoming increasing. Well, it's, it was only confirmed a little while ago, actually, or only revealed a little while ago, so there's still time for this to play out. By becoming increasingly convinced that the Boris Nivald name is not actually that important and uh you know the, the the fact that it's like a concatenation of nielsen and karnvald is just coincidence rather than anything else um i'm trying to think it's hard to say what i think is a red herring because where i stand at the moment everything is a potential is potentially legitimate yeah yeah true um but you've been able to come up with at least one there that you think is a red herring like um the nevald uh 
Nielsen Carnival thing. That that seems like a, you know, because the thing is, I understand your, your what you mean when you're sort of swaying away from that. Because what you said was, uh, no, sorry, when you mentioned that, I'm sure you were expecting to have a lot more Alexander work from there. But we haven't really had anything with him this year, this season yet, in terms of middle age Alexander. Yeah, I mean, I still, I, I, I can't really explain why, but I still quite like Alexander. Just, I, I suppose for a similar reason that I like Magnus. Like, he seems like one of the characters who's kind of just fundamentally a pretty good person and has a nice relationship with his partner. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't know whether he's, he's actually going to be super important to the plot or whether he's just going to get in trouble with Clausen for having a fake name, and that's going to be the end of it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Okay. Um question from handsome head injury uh, nice good name nice good name good name uh so this actually applies to episode one in season two but why doesn't anyone talk in Winden talk about the giant black sphere of lightning and energy that was forming in the sky at the end of uh season one episode 10 <laughs> uh i'm i'm pretty sure alexander and regina talked about it i think if <laughs> like i don't we haven't necessarily seen them talk about it but yeah. I, I i feel like we saw them looking directly at it i feel like there was probably a conversation after that where they were like that was a bit weird and then <laughs> and then went about their day um yeah and like it didn't actually show anyone else seeing it and we also no, I mean, don't... It's, yeah it's out in the middle of the woods isn't it like there's no there's no suggestion that anyone else actually saw it and yeah and if you imagine if you imagine uh like the time that it was up actually up there was the time when the portal appeared between Jonas and Helga and by the time they touched fingers we're, you were only talking about 20 seconds here yeah um so it's it is it is within the realm of possibility that only Alexander and Regina saw it and both of them probably thought we'll not tell anyone about that because that'll get <laughs> yeah. that's our life Alexander definitely not yeah Alexander's like oh I should probably keep that under wraps yeah exactly. I've, got, I've got a room I've got a truck full of barrels of cesium-137 out on the highway <laughs> and now I've got bloody black holes appearing above my power plant what what next yeah exactly <laughs> uh okay so next question from S Mace uh any speculations on why Noah was lurking around the caves when Mickle skipped school for a leisurely stroll yeah, see, I, I think I think he was trying to he was tracking Claudia. That's my suspicion there. Um, obviously, like Cla- older Claudia didn't actually go into those caves until a bit later in the episode, um, and I'm trying to think how she would have gone into them. She probably went in via the nuclear plant entrance. I would guess because that's probably a bit easier to get into, and she has access to it. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, I think he's he's on the he's on the trail of Claudia because Claudia's definitely the one who stole those pages. Um, it's welded, welded shut though, isn't it? Uh, it? Actually, that's a good point. But so they, were they? they would, so they actually would have had to go and spelunk down. Yeah, the bar- was the that barrels the room? are on that side of the door. Yeah, that's right. They were in the barrel room, weren't they? Yeah. So um, so yeah, I, I think Noah was waiting for them to come out. Though I, I think that's it's got to be a cloudier thing i think he's hot on her her heels and he probably just happened to run into mickle okay cool um question from on uh, master onion north uh is is conrad a detective in real life Inqu- <laughs> inquiring minds would like to know uh i wish i were a detective in real life i'd love to be like a gumshoe in a film noir or like a <laughs> trench coat in a trilby she walked into my office like a thundercloud. <laughs> <laughs> I do have Venetian blinds actually in front of me at the moment, so and ceiling fans, in fact, actually. So yeah, my uh, my my flat could could double up as a set on a in a film noir if pushed. Um, yeah, okay. Well, that's pr- probably confirmed it then. 
Yeah, well, when we're, like if and when we get video, I'll I'll wear a fedora for it just to <laughs> just to make me look like even more of a nerd than I already do. Yeah, like, as long as no one ever sees me wearing a fedora, that would be like, <laughs> yeah. that'd be proper neckbeard material. Um, but no, I, well, I I like the implication that I'm getting some things right though. That's that's uh, that's that excites me. Yeah, it uh, well it should it should excite you. Uh, right, okay, Pep Cool with the last question. Uh, I think Conrad is is up to something with his mutant bug theory. <laughs> Since a glitch in the Matrix could be considered a bug. <laughs> all right. You know, because I always saw about the, a glitch in the Matrix, right? Um, yeah. So, uh, all right, my actual question to both of you. Um, <laughs> if you could intervene in the current story in any of the known timelines uh, and give one character exactly one piece of information, what would it be and what what info would you give them? For example, um, telling Katarina her son is in the 80s. Um, can it be at any point, or is it where we are right now? Uh, oh, I suppose you could go back to like episode two or whatever and do it then. Because if, if I could go... Well, if it was right now... I think the implica- I, implication is as well that pe- the person has to believe you. Yeah, yeah. So I Because I, th- I was going to say, if it was any at any point... I would go to Egon in the 50s when uh, Ulrich is asking him about Helga and just be like, probably arrest that man. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like, just just, just put him in prison for a little while. Don't worry about <laughs> why. Like, find an excuse. It'll be, it's, it's for a good reason. Um, yeah. And for anyone who's going to jump in the comments again <laughs> and say, but he was killing Helga because he because Helga was yeah. But if if you arrested Ulrich, he wouldn't have beat Helga, and Helga never would have went on to do it. So we are solving the thing. Yeah, Ulrich. We we don't like Ulrich on this podcast. It's been well established at this point, and he it, looks yeah. he looks rubbish in his old age. And he I needs will to condition say, that hair. If you are still fight from what Connor just said about arresting him, if you're still going to fight Ulrich's corner there. You're fighting for the freedom of a man who would go on to kill a child. <laughs> you're fighting for his freedom over saving however many other children's lives. So yep. really have a look at your point there. <laughs> yeah. You just got you got to pick your battles and that's not one that's not the hill to die on. Yeah. Um I tell, you, now... I tell you there's some there's some stuff that happens in this season that's going to reignite this Orica debate. Oh I'm, really? I'm, I'm looking See, forward to getting there. I'm I'm really I honestly I did not see the Ulrich coming back into this at all. Uh, I'm I'm impressed that they've that they have done but they have done so and I'm fascinated to see where that goes because I thought he was pretty much out of the out of the picture. Um I think I actually following on from that for the sake of being consistent I think if it was right now I would say to Egon um yes that is like Ulrich Nielsen <laughs> like and and you were right to not like him and uh j- just kind of connect the dots for him a little bit cuz uh he he's got all the pieces in front of him. He just can't can't sort of piece them together. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, okay. What would I do? Would I, who would I tell some a bit of information to? Obviously, I'll, I'm going to do it as if I've only seen this much of the episodes. But um, let me think. Uh, maybe I'd tell the stranger that uh, he's not actually going to end it all when he tries to uh, you know when he puts the machine in the in the in the passage. Yeah. I'd, I'd love to see how the story would then play out with that passage still being open. Um, so maybe that's what I would do. Uh, I th- I'm sure I could come up with a, a cooler answer with talking about actual like, relationships and stuff. But in terms of the actual story, it'd be interesting to see what way the story would go if that passage never uh, closed. Okay, so that's us for the week. 
hopefully you enjoyed that. Uh, plenty of questions. Thank you very much. Um, I'm looking forward to see how many questions we get for next week. Uh, so I think we're close to an hour now. So this has been a good episode. Right, Conrad, um, any questions that you have for yourself? <laughs> um, just been do. What am I doing with my life? <laughs> that's my, that's my main one. no yeah that is i um i've got like you know some dark theories that that you know we've we've voiced already that have been cooking over can't wait to see more of Ulrich and egon because I'm, I'm really liking where egon's going uh yeah it's 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 heating up hotting up it is it's getting very hot very hot um which is strange because we're coming into the winter now but uh fantastic so thanks very much everyone can you please subscribe to podcasting apps uh we like to get those numbers up it's going great um thanks for very much anyone who's listening on podcasting apps uh subscribe to youtube if you haven't already and that's pretty much it from us goodbye goodbye thank you for listening to the after dark podcast make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode